The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. I'm going to be continuing our Identity Preach series. Uh, Joe did a brilliant job last week just um, sharing with us, um, looking at whether we're loved or unloved. And um, this morning, I'm going to be looking at the whole subject of rejection. And I think it's rejection is a difficult subject. And so from the very onset, I'm just going to just say to us, if you feel it's something you would struggle with. I'm sort of like just giving us a bit of a, not a warning, but just letting you know what I'm going to be talking about. But to also help you see that God is more than able to bring healing to our hearts. He is here and he wants to heal and he wants to mend and he wants to help us let go of the lies so we can embrace the truth of who he says we are in him. Hallelujah. And so there will be opening of some wounds, but, but be rest assured that God is not wanting to just do that and leave you hanging. He wants to heal and he wants to restore and he wants to make whole. Hallelujah. It's such a joy to be here. And um, this morning I want to just look at the whole subject of, am I, oh, it's already there, am I rejected? or chosen. And it's interesting, when I was getting ready for this, I don't, I, I don't often get pictures, but I felt God gave me a picture, a bit of an, an unusual one, but was one of the doormat of my neighbor. Can you imagine that? The doormat of my neighbor. We live in a flat, and so her door is directly opposite us. And on the doormat, it says, please take your shoes off, all right? Please take your shoes off. And every time I see that doormat, it just, it just stares my heart. Please take your shoes off, is what the doormat says. So I have done that. And I felt God sort of like say to me that during the series, what he's helping us do is to take off the lies and embrace truth. Now, taking off is also, it's an active thing. When it says take off, I don't stand there still wearing my shoes. I take them off. So take them off so that you can take on board truth from God's word. So we are taking off the lies. We're taking off the falsehood. You are, with the help of God, taking them off and then embracing truth and wearing so you put off and you put on. So please take off your shoes. No, take off the lies. Take off the falsehood and embrace what God says is true about you. Hopefully I'll still have shoes to wear before I leave this place this morning. So what is rejection? Now, rejection can be defined as the act of pushing someone or something away. So basically, you say, away from me, pushing someone or something away. Some other words that mean the same as the word rejection include refusal, non-acceptance, declining, spurning, forsaking. Just a simple word, nope. Rebuff, knockback, abandonment, desertion, shutting out. Now, rejection is a difficult thing. Rejection is hard. Rejection hurts. 
And the reason why rejection hurts is because we are inherently, we're social creatures. We crave connection and meaning to others. When faced with rejection or a lack of acceptance, it is hard for us to internalize thoughts about our own self-worth. So rejection stings. It's hard. Nobody likes it. A few weeks back, I spent some time with some good friends who invited me around. And oftentimes, my, my go-to question is, tell me your Jesus story. And as this lady started sharing, it was hard. From birth, she had been rejected. And all through life, all she had known was rejection at every point in time. Until one day, Jesus broke through and brought hope. To her. It was difficult just hearing her story. And rejection comes in an endless variety of ways or forms. It could be rejection from one's family, and some of you may identify with that from the very onset, from birth. You know, family rejects you. It could be a form of social rejection, uh, which can begin from, again, childhood and may include uh, bullying and alienation in school or the workplace. It could be the fact that you didn't get a particular job or maybe you didn't make it to a particular college or university. Sometimes we experience rejection in relationships as well. A wife comes home one day and then says to her husband, I'm in love with somebody or sorry, I no longer want to be with you. Now that is hard. It could be a friend suddenly blindsides you with betrayal or a child who turns their back on your love. A child says to a parent, sorry, you are no longer my parents. I no longer love you. Now, all of these could lead us to feel that God has rejected us. All forms of rejection can hurt. And when the rejecting is done by somebody we love or somebody we are very close to, it hurts even more. It can impact self-worth and self-confidence. Ongoing and long-term rejection may have deep and lasting psychological effects. I was speaking to somebody who said to me, apparently the same part of the brain that is triggered when you feel physical pain is the same part that is triggered when you go through rejection. I was quite surprised by that. And people can go through that. Sometimes it makes people anxious. Sometimes people are stressed. And sometimes even leads people to even more abuse. Rejection stings. It's hard. It hurts. It opens up wounds. It makes people suffer. People struggle. People go through pain. Rejection is hard. How does Jesus speak into this? Where is the gospel in our experience of rejection? Does Jesus say anything about this at all? It's interesting in, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, hopefully it comes up. It says about how Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. Well, some, the word is sympathize. The scripture doesn't say that Jesus experiences. It says he sympathizes. And so does he really understand what I'm going through? Does Jesus know what rejection actually feels like? Well, the answer is yes, Jesus does. The gospel covers rejection. Jesus actually experienced rejection quite a bit, actually. 
And that is the beauty of the dual nature of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The fact that being fully God, he chose to be brought low, to become man like us. He suffered. So every facet of Jesus' life on earth was actually touched by rejection. Jesus faced rejection from family members. John chapter 7 verse 5 tells us not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus faced rejection from his community when he returned to his hometown of Nazareth. The neighbors he had grown up with and family friends, they took, the Bible says, they took offense at him. He faced rejection from the community. Jesus also faced rejection from the people who once claimed to love him. One of the twelve betrayed him eventually. He was part of the close-knit group. Jesus faced rejection from people who once claimed to love him. And then finally, Jesus faced rejection from his heavenly father. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And for some people here this morning, that has been your song for a long time. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But God wants to give you a new song this morning. A song of praise. A song of thanksgiving. Sometimes in our thoughts of Christ's death and what he did for us, we overlook what it did to him. Maybe take time, pause, and consider what Jesus had to endure, what he had to go through. His father, with whom he was in constant communion of love from the very beginning, suddenly, well, Jesus could no longer have this communion with his father. Suddenly, this love was, was withdrawn. Suddenly, his father turns his back on him. Jesus knew rejection. And as much as rejection is a significant source of pain for many of us, it truly is a sweet comfort knowing that Jesus understands our pain. Hallelujah. Jesus understands your pain. He understands my pain as well. He shares the burden. And when we look at Jesus' life on earth, all he endured for our sake, we see that actually it's not that he can identify with us. It's the other way around. We can identify with him because what we experience now Jesus has already experienced. And so we can identify with that. And what surpasses comfort is the knowledge that the gospel stands as the unfaltering, unchangeable answer to rejection. Is there an answer to rejection? Yes, the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Is there an answer to my rejection? Yes, in the gospel. You see, in fact, rejection created the need for the gospel in the first place. The gospel came because of rejection. Sin entered the world because two people rejected God. Then in turn, they faced God's eternal rejection. We also were placed under a case of separation from God's favor and bound to his wrath. Paul was helping us see that a few, a few weeks back. But church, Jesus redeemed us from that case. Hallelujah. By taking it upon himself. You see, to redeem 
is to buy back, to accept, to choose. And that is the opposite of rejection. God has redeemed you. If you are in Christ here today, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ today, by the power of the gospel, we discover that God chose us before the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. He chose us before the foundations of the world. I get excited about that. Before I could feel rejection, God chose me. Before I could think rejection, God chose me. Look, brothers and sisters, sometimes, no, in fact, not sometimes, all of the time, we should let the truth of Scripture speak to our hearts. I'm, I'm not saying life is not hard sometimes, but let the truth of God's word speak to your heart. Let the truth of God's word shape your emotions. Let the truth of God's word shape your total countenance, your life. Let the truth of what God says or who God says you are shape you and transform you. You want to turn in your Bibles quickly to Ephesians and to chapter 1. And I'll read out these verses to us. How am I doing? On time. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. If I can find it from verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for the adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. As is a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed with a promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. So am I rejected or am I chosen? Well, we discover that actually by the power of the gospel, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you were chosen before the foundations of the world. Paul says, he chose us in 
him before the foundations of the world. Now, choice is an interesting thing. Oftentimes, you go for the thing you like or the thing you love or the thing you want. One of my brothers-in-law, I've got two brothers-in-law, one of them often gives me um, his clothes, which is, which is a huge blessing. Praise God for that. Uh, so every now and then I get a call and he says, oh, I'm clearing out. Would you like these things? I'm like, yes, bring it on. A few, a few years back, he gave me an orange pair of corduroy trousers. Orange. I thought, I'd, praise God for this, but I don't think I'm going to wear an orange. I, if orange is your favorite color, please, pardon me. I just, I just didn't think I could bring myself to wearing an orange pair of corduroy trousers, you know. But he, so he, he gave, and I thought, well, if I had money and I went to the shop, I don't think I'll necessarily buy an orange pair of corduroy trousers. But clearly he loved them. Praise God for that. When it comes to choice... You go for what you want. You go for what you love. You go for what you desire. You choose what you want. You don't choose what you don't want. And when it says here that, that God chose us, please slow down, pause, think about that for a minute. God chose you. You sitting here. If you are in, God handpicked you. God chose you before the foundations of the world. God chose you before the foundations of the world. God chose you before the foundations of the world. God chose you before the foundations of the world. Let that sink in. He chose you. Being chosen is a statement of value. Paul says, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been chosen by God. It's one of the greatest blessings that God gives us in his son, Jesus. And scripture goes on to say that God made this choice before the foundations of the world. So even before we could do anything, good or bad, God chose us. God has not rejected us. He has chosen us. Hallelujah. We are his by choice. He has not rejected us. And God made this choice completely on his own. This bit I nicked from Andrew Barnes' book. God didn't, he, he made this on his own. Nobody whispered into God's ear to say to him, Sam, no, God made this choice on his own. I find that quite exciting. God chose you purely because he loved you. He has not rejected you. He's chosen you. And he's chosen you because he loves you. And he wants you to be in a relationship with him and receive his blessing. Now, the other exciting thing is that this choice is permanent. This choice is permanent. It will not change. Sometimes you hear truth like this. I turn the music up in the kitchen when I'm doing the washing up. I dance. I bounce around the house. By the time I'm done, something happens here. Because it's not automatic. I don't wake up every morning feeling like God's chosen me. No, I don't. 
I wake up thinking, oh, another day. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't wake up every morning like, no, I don't. But I've got to call to mind the promises of God. I have to. Church, people of God, we need to call to mind the promises of God. God says in his word, he chose us before the foundations of the world. Let that inject life into you. Yes. Hear God. Hear God. We give time. We hear lots of things. Hear what God says about you. He chose you. And it's permanent. Next time you're feeling rejected, unworthy, or alone, remember that if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, if you're in Christ, God chose you. He has not rejected you. Am I rejected or chosen? You tell me. We are chosen as God's people. Anytime, any day you feel rejected, you feel unworthy, well, know this. God chose you because he loves you and he loves you. And he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you. He chose you because he loves you. As I finish off, man's rejection is made so small in the light of this truth that through the gospel, we have God's eternal love and acceptance unconditionally. What can man's rejection do to us if Almighty God's ultimately for us? What can man's rejection do to us if God who made us has not rejected us, but rather chosen us? Just some practical bits to help us embrace this truth. I want to say to you, just have a, an arsenal of Bible verses that you can turn to. It's something I'm learning to do every day. Have an arsenal of promises of God you can turn to. Listen, when I'm struggling in this ministry that God has called me to, I turn to Isaiah 55, where God says that, listen, the word that goes forth from my mouth, I will watch over it. It would accomplish what I desire and the purpose for which I said. I've got an arsenal. I turn to that. Because sometimes I'm thinking, oh God, what, what am I doing? What have I given my what am I, what's going on? You see, life isn't all rosy. There are times when it gets hard. Have an arsenal. I tend to that promise. When I'm, when I'm anxious, and we all every now and then, we all, we all feel anxious. When I'm anxious about life and all that, well, have a promise in the arsenal that you tend to. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Make your request to God. Have an arsenal in there that you can turn to. You're trying to make decisions about the future. You're not sure which way to go. Psalm 32 verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Church, have an arsenal of Bible truths, Bible verses that you can turn to. Have an arsenal. Very, very, very important. Write them down in a little notebook. Write them down on pieces, not on your phone. Phones are you, it's a big distraction. Write them down on paper, good old paper. Have them in your pocket. Sticky notes, stick them on the fridge. Have them there. Call to mind the promises of God. Shall I encourage you? Sing these truths. Sing them. Like we did this morning. I'm accepted. I'm forgiving. I am loved. 
I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. Oh, I don't, I don't feel that way. I feel rejection. No. God says, I accept you. Sing these truths. I want to encourage you, pray these truths as well. Let these truths fuel your prayers. Lord, wake up in the morning. Lord, I thank you that you accept me. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you are my father. Thank you that you chose me before the fall. Let these truths fuel your prayers. Let the truth of God's word fuel your prayers. Finally, and I just want to underline this, find a mature Christian who you can do this journey with. You can't do it on your own. Find, and sometimes we, we just need to be humble. Just come to somebody and say, look, would you walk with me? Find somebody in this congregation. You've got lots of quality people here. Find somebody and say to them, would you, would you walk with me? It calls to you making yourself vulnerable, and that's hard. But at the end of the day, you will be blessed in doing so. So read through these verses, remind yourself of them, sing them, pray them. Find a mature Christian to come alongside you.